Anthony Richardson took all the first team snaps yet again. What does this mean for the Colts? Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you all for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Zach Hicks, your film nerd over at HorseshoeHuddle.com. And joining me today is Horseshoe Huddle's boots on the ground and a guy who I could not come up with a funny alliteration to, to name him today. So Jake Arthur, Jake Arthur, who has been at Colts camp throughout the entire uh, course of this whole offseason here. Uh, again, we're going to do our daily update that we give you guys. We're going to talk about the Colts offense in training camp, talk about the Colts defense, and then open the floor to all of your guys' questions at the very end. So if you guys are joining us here on YouTube right now, throw in some questions, some things you want us to talk about in that final segment. If not, then, yeah, we do have a couple things that we can talk about and, and really go back into. But starting uh, starting off before we go into the offense, talk about some news and notes because we, we did miss yesterday because there was no practice, so we didn't record yesterday. So the things that happened yesterday that we missed are the Colts signed wide receiver Amari Rogers, or I guess they claimed him technically, uh, which is actually – Something I wanted to talk about here, the Colts are going to have the fourth spot in the waiver wire until week three this season. So the one benefit of being really bad one season <laughs> is you have really high waiver priority uh, and they're able to grab someone like Amari Rogers, a former third round pick of the Green Bay Packers, spent last season with the Houston Texans. Now, before we get too excited about this edition here, Amari uh, Rogers is the player who has had eight fumbles and like 25 career touches in the NFL. Uh, most of those fumbles did come on kick return or punt return duties. Uh, so for some people saying like, oh, cool, Dallas Flowers can play corner because Rogers can return. No, I do not want him returning kicks. <laughs> like, Absolutely not. Uh, the corresponding roster move they did was to wave Johnny King. Uh, and they also tried out a trio of veteran running backs yesterday. Divine Ozigbo, which draft Twitter, we we adore that that name right there. One of we our stand. favorites. We stand forever and ever. Uh, running back Kenyon Drake of Alabama. And I think he played for Miami for a while in the NFL. And then Benny Snell, former Pittsburgh Steelers running back. So a lot of veterans that have had a lot of carries. In the NFL, uh, Mike Chappell, uh, legend here on the Colts beat, did kind of say that he expects the Colts to make a signing at running back uh, going forward. I don't know when that's going to be or if it's going to be one of these three guys, but he said to expect another running back to be brought in. In uh, injury news for today's practice, defensive tackle DeForest Buckner left practice early with a foot injury, or as our guy Shane Steichen likes to say, you know, just a little foot, you know, just, just a little foot as well. <laughs> He has a foot. Uh, and then uh, in positive injury news, Darius Rush, rookie cornerback, uh, he did return to practice from, from his shoulder injury. So, Jake, now they got all the news and notes out of the way. What did you see from the Colts offense in practice today? Yep. So it was the second day in a row that Anthony Richardson took all of the first team reps. And that was noteworthy because, you know, he's had plenty of days where he's taken first team reps. He was the first guy taking first team reps. But it's the first time two days in a row, even go back to OTAs and all that, that he's taken all of them. So it's like, what does that mean? Uh, so I asked Coach Dykin after practice, and he said it was basically just to catch him up and get him extra reps since he missed Monday 
with that nasal procedure. So unfortunately not much to read into that yet because, you know, I, I kind of phrased it, you know, is, is this the new plan? Should we expect this going forward or whatever? And it's like, no, I think they'll probably continue <laughs> to rotate. So probably nothing to it. We'll see. Because earlier in camp, he did say, we'll start to notice what they're doing with that. So nothing right home there. Uh, so statistically, AR was uh, a little better today than he was Tuesday or whenever last practice was, I think Tuesday. Um, but overall, the performance was pretty similar. Um, you know, there were some issues with timing, you know, throwing behind guys or just like throwing too late in the route, like uh, his, his inaccuracy in the red zone was something we noted a couple days ago, um, in detail. So when you're throwing in the back corner of the end zone, you know, that's, that's a play that has to have a lot of touch on it. You can't just like loft a high laser back there. Cause it's almost never going to get caught. And he did that today with Alec Pierce. And it just looked like the result of being too late in Pierce's route. You know, it was, he was already too far over. Uh, so that's just kind of the stuff he has to iron out right now. Um, it, to me, as, as an observer who is not a coach, I would say his biggest, biggest issues right now really are uh, just the, that timing and anticipation um, with, with those routes. But also, he probably holds on to the ball a little too long right now. Yeah. Uh, early in camp, he was he – was, I'm not going to say frantic, but he was like pretty quick doing things. It looked like he was maybe jittery. Um, but now that's almost slowed down. I'm not going to say too much, but it's it's noticeable that he needs to get the ball out a little quicker. Um, so those are some things they'll iron out. Again, it was another day of people after practice heaping praise on his preparation and a, ability to correct his mistakes and like, you know, w- want to learn from what he's doing wrong. Quentin Nelson talked very highly of him. Coach Steichen, of course. Uh, so that's stuff that, you know, he'll he'll try and get ironed out. I will say a positive thing about that is he tends to get better as practice goes on. It's yeah. so like he can kind of fix things on the fly uh, because they did a two-minute drill at the end of practice. And not only did he get a little better, but, like, he was leading guys, but, like, throwing rockets to lead guys. Like, yeah. uh, he hit Michael Pittman a couple times in that two-minute drill where like there is no way that the cornerback could have got that because he led him really well on, on a slant route. And again, with the, with the velocity that no one else on the roster has the ability to, to make. So uh, that was good. Um, I will say it was a little better of a day for Richardson um, in, in his defense. I called it a shaky day the other day, not the greatest day today, but a little better. Um, there was some rookies who had a couple impressive uh, plays Josh Downs had a really kind of Julian Edelman-esque reception uh, like from the Super Bowl against the Falcons. Uh, (laughs) Him and the defender were kind of colliding and the ball was just bobbling around in the air. And as Downs fell to the ground, he came over with the ball somehow. I don't know how he did it. It seemed pretty improbable. Uh, But Will Mallory is starting to make a really good impression as well. He's another guy stacking those days. Uh, Spent the first week on Pup, but came back like he was never hurt. Uh, he had a nice one-handed catch from uh, Gardner Minshew during 11-on-11s uh, right in front. I think it was Chris Lammons. And I think it caught Lammons off guard because he kind of froze, which allowed Mallory to turn up fielding and gain some more yards. So um, the, the the rookies had an encouraging day, I would say. I have no clue how they're going to how they're gonna stack this tight end position. I, I really have no clue because – 
again, we've been pretty adamant on this podcast here that Jelani Woods and Kylan Granson are for sure the top two guys. But I mean, you got three guys right after that, though, that it's like, man, like it's it's tough, like because you have the rookie and Will Mallory, who's stacking really impressive days since he's come back. Then you have Drew Ogletree, who's running with the first team at times and doing some good things. And then Moali Cox, you know, the veteran that always will get his chances and stuff like that. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see if they keep four even. Uh, and if they do keep four, who are those other two guys? Uh, before we move out of the offense, though, Jake, we have to go to the stinkometer. The stinkometer when it comes to the offensive line. What did you see from the offensive line today? Did you see any ma- major issues or still still pretty decent from the offensive line? Not really. I, I didn't count very many sacks altogether from all units today. There was one group sack, I think, against Minshew with the second unit. Um, but one thing, so Quentin Nelson was asked after practice, like, how do you guys gauge your effectiveness on the offensive line in a setting like this where it's, it's hard to judge cause it's not like full contact. And he said, you know, we are going live, like on the lines, we are full go, like we're doing yeah. what we can. So are they? Uh, so he said basically how he judges it is what they're doing in the run game. Are running backs getting to the second level or are they not getting touched until five yards away? Like that's how they're judging it. How effective is the run game? And really throughout camp, there have been some big holes. Like sure, there's like any other, there's plays where, you know, tackled behind the line of scrimmage or right at the line, but there's been plenty of big plays as well. Uh, so, so far the, the line is looking pretty decent. They're not like they're not noticeably letting guys get killed like we've seen, you know, and in, in especially last year was was pretty bad. Yeah, and no real changes to the rotation or the lineup so far, When especially when it comes to first team. It's been the same five no, guys. First team, first team is going to be those five until something happens. There weren't really many shakeups. Uh, Danny Penner kicked over to right guard with the second uh, unit. I think he got some reps with the third as well uh, so that Wesley French could play center. This might be cross-training for them for Pinter, um, you know, get him some more reps at right guard in a setting that won't kill the team. Um, and then, so Jordan Murray had been the third team right tackle. Dan Skipper, uh, who they just signed, he was there today. I've got to expect him probably to kick up to the second unit at some point pretty soon, wouldn't you think? Maybe, maybe I will say, though, I've never seen pass block grades so low when I looked at his pro football focus from last year, though. Great. So. Great. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> is it because uh, he's so tall that every defensive end can get under his reach? Or all I know is I've never seen multiple games with a zero point zero pass blocking grade before from a player. Like wow. if you guys want to see something fun, go look at that. But, but coming up, we're gonna switch gears. We're gonna talk about the Colts defense and how they kind of won the day today. Now, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience uh, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Go to LinkedIn Jobs, add your job, and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job 
for free. Terms and conditions apply. And everydayers, we're going to be back tomorrow talking Colts training camp. Now, they don't have practice tomorrow, but we will continue this conversation. We might open the floor up to some more questions overall, and we'll probably have a gut check with Jake here to talk about some guys who have been winning training camp so far and some guys who have not necessarily been helping themselves at all. So make sure you're back here tomorrow, same time, around 4.30. We're going to talk more Colts training camp. All right, Jake, so diving into the defense today, and obviously there's a lot of guys we can talk about here, but Again, I think we're becoming, I think everyone here is kind of becoming a big fan of Daryl Baker Jr. Like this is a player coming into training camp. Like you said, when we talked about him earlier in the week where cornerback seven, cornerback eight, maybe cornerback nine, a player that's just not on anybody's radar. Mm -hmm. I was actually trying to look back at his preseason game from, from last year with the Cardinals. I don't think he had a single defensive snap in the preseason with the Cardinals. Like he did some special team things for them, but no defensive snaps for the Cardinals. That's how low they they viewed him. They they cut him after the preseason. Colts brought him to the practice squad, and he's been with the Colts since then. Now he's cornerback one or two in training camp for the Colts, yeah. and he's doing some great things. Like I think this is such a fun story to follow, and this is why we love training camp because Daryl Baker Jr. is such a big training camp story for the Colts. Yeah, I think he, I mean, we're only a week and change into it, but we're about dang near halfway through camp now, and he's got to be the, the underdog darling so far. Um, and it seems legit. I mean, he's he's not just like a guy who's showing out with the third or second team and consistently making plays. Like, he's doing it against Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce. Like, he's doing it big time. And I don't know that there's been a bigger winner of training camp than him because he was given the opportunity because Juju Brents has yet to practice. Darius Rush has missed the missed the last couple practices. Uh, this guy has fully taken advantage. Had an interception today uh, is the first interception that's been made by a defensive back so far in, in camp during 11 on 11s. Uh, now, it was more about the throw from Richardson than it was the coverage, but he was right there and converted the interception. He did his job. Uh, so, no, he, he's doing a great job. Gus Bradley speaks really highly of him. Ron Milas speaks very highly of him. Um, so if we're talking roster locks, I can't say a lock because there's – you and I talked off air. Like, it's a log jam of cornerbacks right now who have a strong case. Uh, but he seems very, very likely to make the roster at this point. I don't know if he's this year's Brandon Faison, which probably is the case. <laughs> Um, I mean that in terms of like being cornerback four. Like, all right, let, but like, we need a handful need of snaps. We I'm need not talking about than... performance, <laughs> performance wise. Maybe he'll be better, but in terms of yeah. playing time, I think he's probably this year's face on. Yeah, uh, but no, th- this guy has done himself nothing but favors. Yeah, no, and it's really interesting because again, if you look at his profile, you're like, all right, like, it, like this is not just a like a uh, preseason guy that you don't think can do anything in the game. I mean, this is a six foot one cornerback, nearly 200 pounds, 32 inch arms, which is the super long arms that you want in this type of system. And then he jumped like 41.5 inches in the vertical jump, like 136 inches in the broad jump, ran a four, four, three, um, did did some special teams, you know, and stuff like that. Like he's just a really well-rounded prospect uh, coming in. So now that he's finally finding his footing here in the NFL, like, it's really fun to watch his development so far. I'm excited to go out there next week and really watch him uh, up close. Now, a big notable thing that happened on the defensive line was DeForest Buckner went down uh, with that foot injury or a little foot, you know, 
just yeah. just a foot. He has a foot. Uh, but two of them. Yeah, he has two of them. It's crazy. But <laughs> what was the defensive line rotation uh, looking like when Buckner went down? Who was that next man up uh, at that three tech position? Yeah, so McTelvin and Jim came in and uh, lined up next to Grover Stewart when when Buckner went out, and that's a guy I've talked about a lot so far in my yeah. camp notes on here. Uh, he's he's just been really steady both as a run defender and a, a interior pass rusher. Uh, so that's really no surprise. You, you maybe would have thought Taven Bryan, uh, but they probably don't think Bryan is as well-rounded as a gym in order to play more regular snaps. Um, so that was pretty impressive. Later when it was the two-minute drill and they were kind of going to a pass rush package, Dio Adengbo kicked inside to tackle, which, of course, you love to see that. Um, you, you know, they had, they had, they had a good looking fast bunch of guys out there, but you didn't have Samson Abukum, you don't have Buckner, but it was good to, you know, see them continue to, to rotate Dio Dengbo around to kind of take advantage of, of some opportunities there. Um, but I, I think altogether, even despite Abukum not being out there and Buckner leaving, we're kind of starting to get a sense of what the rotation really is, uh, consistently, um, Titus Leo has been out there as the, the second team Leo, you know, Taekwon Lewis is missing time, of course, on pup, Abukum is out. Um, but then, you know, Taven, Brian McTelvin, a, a gym inside, uh, with, um, of course I can't think of it right now with Khalid, Khalid oh, okay. Kareem as, as the big end. So, uh, I feel pretty confident in who they like most as their second wave of, of defensive linemen. Okay. Okay. It, it was it Titus Leo that came in though in those situations at the very end when Dio switched into defensive tackle. Was it Titus Leo that played with the first team or who who else kind of came in there? I think he got some reps with the first team, if I remember correctly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Titus Leo now making some way. I mean, like you said, like you've been saying, you know, he's not flashing per se, but they like him enough to get him these valuable reps. He, he's he's a speed rusher guy. It, it makes sense to get fast guys who can get upfield yeah. yeah yeah no for sure now you do have the note here that says aqm's new role i'm terrified to hear what that is like is well, he, i'm i'm is proud of the colts no so i'm <laughs> proud of the colts for this one so alkadi muhammad was never a bad player when he was here he was he was a good player for the role he probably should have had which was supporting cast on the on the defensive line and a quality you know run defender who could provide some pass rush, but he was eating away snaps from younger guys who needed those developmental snaps. Mm -hmm. That was everyone's big gripe. So the Colts, let's just say if this was Matt Eberflus out there, this would not be the case. <laughs> AQM has been going like exclusively with the second and third team. <laughs> Titus, Titus Leo is not having his snaps taken away from him, which is great. We're seeing Khalid Kareem out there, which is great because it's like, you sign this guy, you know, twice as a restricted free agent. Again, you want to see what he's doing. AQM is just eating some of these second and third teamers up, <laughs> but we are not seeing it at the expense of younger guys who we want to see those developmental roles. <laughs> and like, I'm dead serious. Like I, I know, like you think that's hilarious. You put, you put a whole note in our outline. Yes. This is I, say, Alkadim Muhammad is playing with the third team. <laughs> well, that he's not taking away developmental snaps from guys. That's so important. Like, and I knew you would want to hear that. 
See, it's bringing you much joy. That's so funny. I thought that they were having him as like a stand-up rusher or no, a no, no. linebacker. No. no, it's the guy that they signed to a minimum contract like two weeks ago is actually playing with the third and fourteens. <laughs> but if this was Matt Eberflus, he, if this was Matt Eberflus, he would have been in for Ibukum immediately. Oh my you know gosh, that. this comment here is so funny. <laughs> He's the Udonis Haslam of the team. <laughs> I no. can't believe you put a whole note in there that he's I had to. playing with the third team. Uh, that's the kind of training camp coverage you get from us, guys. Now, coming right. up, we're going to throw it over to some of your guys' questions and uh, really dive into what you guys want to hear about this training camp so far. This show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of fantasy football drafting month get championship ready for for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy all you do is one live snake draft no waivers no trades underdog set your best lineup every week Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up for the promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. All right, let's go to some questions here. Some non Alkadin Muhammad questions. <laughs> so good. I needed that today, Jake. It was a long day. Um, good. Let's go, let's go with a quick one about your hat, Jake. So I want to ask what, mm-hmm. what kind of brand your hat is. We'll just answer this really quick. Yes, I mean, if, if they want to throw me free hats for this, sure. But this is from Branded Bills. There you go. Let's see. They have not just Indiana. They got a bunch of different states out there, but they're they're pretty cool. I, I like them. I have two different hats of this. Actually, there we go. I think I have three now that you mentioned it. Perfect, perfect. Uh, Techno Gamer sixteen. How has EJ Speed been looking? Is he primed for that huge breakout or just a regular breakout? Which I love the the positivity there. I will preface by seeing EJ Speed has been out the last two practices mm-hmm. uh, with a little injury, <laughs> little injury. Uh, but Jake, how was he looking before he went down with that injury? Yeah, no, he's he's been generally fine. Uh, him and Zaire Franklin together is as thunderous of a run defending tandem as you can imagine. Uh, there yeah. were there were a couple times where Speed was there to lead the charge against you know runs on the on the outside off tackle, and so he's I, I can't make any judgments based off pass defense so far because that was kind of the big question we had about him. But as far as run defending, business as usual for him, which is really positive. Yeah, yeah. Adam asked, uh, how was how has Blake Freeland and Emilia Kior been doing so far in camp? Any chance they crack the starting lineup this season? Uh, I would say so far from everything Jake's been saying, as of right now, I wouldn't say they have great chances of cracking that starting lineup because it's been pretty much the top five. But how the two rookies looked uh, so far, Jake? Yeah, that starting five is going to stay the starting five unless like disaster happens, someone gets hurt, or they just revert act performing terribly, which I don't really anticipate. Um, so what a role I could see for Freeland is the extra lineman, the big tight end. Now yeah. it's probably going to be mostly Danny Pinter when the season starts as that sixth lineman. We'll see, but I could see Freeland getting some snaps out there. The Colts tend to do that with young offensive linemen that they really like. Cause you, you can't really disrupt the starting five throughout a game. Mm-hmm. 
even though we've seen the Colts do that inexplicably sometimes. So the way they get those guys snaps is by being the extra blocker. I could see that with Freeland. Echior has also missed the last two practices. I don't think we have a designation for whatever his injury is. Um, but he, the last practice he participated in, he got kicked up to second team right guard from third team. So the Colts, he must be doing something that they're, they're liking. Um, there's not much I can really say about his performance. Cause I mean, he's the, he was the third team right guard for the most part. Uh, that group doesn't get a ton of reps and I don't know that he had had any one-on-one reps against defensive linemen yet. Um, but he's apparently doing stuff that the, the team liked at least. Yeah. I mean, again, if we're going to project what they're going to be doing for the regular season, Blake Freeland appears to be that next man up at tackle, uh, whether right tackle or left tackle, if one goes down, he'll be that swing guy. And then it uh, looks like a QR is going to be battling out with guys like Wesley French, Carter O'Donnell, right. um, Danny, I mean, Danny Pinter kind of, but Danny Pinter is probably good, uh, but he's going to be battling out with those guys for that very last spot on the roster. So we'll see what happens with those guys there. Uh, Adam asked another question here. Uh, if, Zaire Franklin and EJ speak and hold down the linebacker positions. Could we see Shaq Leonard as a rush end on passing downs? I will say this as someone who has watched every single snap of Shaquille Leonard's uh, NFL career. I love him as a blitzer. I don't think he can beat tackles one on one. That's the thing. Yeah. Being a guy who has to have a pass rush plan is different than being a blitzer. Yeah. Um, but EJ Speed actually was, was an edge defender quite – he played edge defender quite a bit in uh, college at Tarleton State, both as a stand-up rusher and with his hand in the dirt. So it would most likely be Speed. Yeah, well, he's an auto. Like, he, he can come yeah. in and be that auto position, which is – to not – going a long spiel here when you have that three, four, that four, three hybrid defense, which teams run now uh, when you're in those like three, four ish looks, whatever you're going to have uh, EJ speed on the line of scrimmage. So yeah. EJ speed as that auto and base defensive sets, which are like what 20% of the time now in the NFL, right. not that much, uh, but in those kind of base sets, if they go for like an under look, then he'll come up on the, on the defensive line uh, and take on like a tight end at the point of attack. So it'd be more like EJ speed uh, being off the edge. I don't think we'll see Shaq Leonard as a passing down, speed rusher uh especially because i just don't think he's more qualified to beat an offensive tackle than guys like dio or quitty pay or samson abukum and stuff like that so i i love the thought though it seems mm-hmm. i mean that's what madden does they put him at defensive end yeah. and have him <laughs> have him as a speed rusher uh alex has a real question a real good question that i wanted to ask you too is how the safety's been looking so far because with all the hype we're getting of daryl baker jr and linebackers and defensive linemen i feel like we barely talk safety so far in training camp yeah, I mean, just to put it plainly, the safeties just haven't really been tested much. Like, yeah, they're they're there, they're doing a solid job, but they, you know, there haven't really been a lot of like downfield shots for them to break up. Whenever the quarterbacks are going downfield, it's usually when the receiver is on an island with the corner, um, and there's no safety help back there. So, so far it's going okay. I, I know that Nick Cross got some kudos from his teammates a couple times today. Um, you hear Julian Blackman shouting for him, you know, positive things a lot of the time because Blackman is super animated on the sideline. Like, yes, that guy wants to be out there badly. He is he's probably the loudest guy on the field without being on the field. Like he's on the sideline screaming for him. Um, but no, I mean, Nick Cross has had really good things said about him from Gus Bradley. You know, he even yesterday, even I think he mentioned that they want Eric Johnson to basically do the same things Nick Cross has done. 
uh, to take his game to the next level and in terms oh, okay. of like preparation and effectiveness and things. Um, so Nick Cross, the, the team likes what he's doing. Uh, he's putting himself in the right spots. I asked, I can't remember if I mentioned it on here recently, uh, but I asked Shane Steichen about that from an offensive perspective. You know, what are you seeing in Nick Cross? He said he's in the right spots a lot of the time now. Um, and good. his preparation is equal and walkthroughs as it is uh, practices and then, you know, the meeting rooms and things like that. So um, there haven't been a ton of opportunities for these guys to make physical plays on the field, uh, but everyone has pretty good things to say about cross so far. That's good. That's good. We'll do two really quick ones here. Borough Ben asked what's wrong with Jelani Woods. I'm on the silence today. He is out with a hamstring injury or a little hamstring, uh, as we like to say here. Also, Leonard hasn't been practicing with the first team defense yet. That's mostly because they're ramping up his contact. They're not they're not trying to get him out there in full contact yet. Uh, this last one is directed right at you, Jake. I swear I didn't ask this one, but we were talking right before the podcast. Yep. How has Adetomi been looking uh, so far? Uh, we were actually just talking about this, so I'll give you the floor for the next minute, minute and a half here, Jake, to, to answer this one. Yeah, so so far it's been pretty nondescript for him. He's, he's just kind of out there. Uh, and, you know, as you have mentioned, you know, defensive tackle is kind of a, a tough gig to, to break into and be effective right away. Very athletic guy, you know, with with a positive frame for the position. You can do a lot of things with him. Uh, but so far, we just haven't really seen much from him. Um, again, a, a week into training camp, so it's whatever. Um, I, I can't really say much about it. What, what do you think about? Because I know you have opinions on defensive tackles acclimating to the league. Yeah, I feel like we'll talk more about this tomorrow when we have more freedom to kind of talk about training camp overall. Yeah. But when it comes to Atatomi, like I think a big thing with, again, with defensive tackles in acclimating is you're asked to do so much early on. You know, you have to be strong into the run. You have to be able to two gap, especially if you're on, on the interior and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Uh, be able to hold up against double teams while also working on your hands, working on creating two-way goes on the interior against offensive linemen that are jumping you with a lot more efficiency and a lot more effectiveness uh, that you just really don't see at the college level. So you see guys like like Grover Stewart. It took him two and a half years to really, mm -hmm. really become Grover Stewart. Uh, you even look at a guy like, like Taven Bryan on the roster right now. His first year in Jacksonville was terrible. <laughs> like it was awful. And then by the time that he got to his final season with the Jaguars and he's kind of been where he is now, like I'm not saying he lived up to his first round potential, but he's been a solid rotational guy and actually looks like a playable asset. Unlike that first year in Jacksonville. So it takes these guys a while. We saw it with Taekwon Lewis a little bit too, when he was kind of in the same role. Uh, Dio obviously was coming off of injuries. So you could see it a little bit with him, but uh, yeah, these these big uh, three-tech type guys that are super explosive but didn't really have to work their hands much in college because they're so powerful and explosive, it takes them a good amount of time. So first week through practice, I'm kind of treating him like an Anthony Richardson right now where it's like, look, we're going to see some growing pains. Let's just let's just see what we can do with him. Uh, they invested a decent amount of capital in him, you know, fourth-round pick in Tomy there. So, like, yeah, I, th I think he's he'll be fine long-term, but it's going to take a minute there. Uh, but every day, that's all we have for today's show. Again, tomorrow, we're going to talk winners and losers of camp so far and also open the floor to some even more questions. So join us at 4.30 tomorrow for more Colts training camp talk. And if you guys don't already, follow at LockedOnColts, at JakeArthurNFL, and at ZachKicks2, all on the lovable place that is X. Also, subscribe to Locked On Colts podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We love your guys' ratings, reviews, and we'll see you guys tomorrow afternoon.